VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. David Edwards served as a special agent in the U.S. Army in the 1980s and 90s and is a veteran of multiple overseas combat tours. Thank you, David. He was the special agent in charge of the 1990 Panama Canal Counterterrorism Threat Assessment Report to the U.S. Congress. He is a graduate of the United States Army Intelligence School, where he studied advanced human intelligence and battlefield counterintelligence, also completing training in Jungle Operations Training Center in Panama, Central America. David, welcome, and thank you for serving, David. Well, thank you very much, and it's a thrill to be here. Look, I've been wanting to say this, long-time listener, first-time guest. Perfect, perfect. Well, let's make you a long-time guest. (laughs) Deal. How did you get interested in Atlantis? Well, I've always been interested in Atlantis, and um, you know, I'm a, I'm a geek, I'm a nerd. Uh, so, you know, growing up, I grew up in the '70s and '80s, and just like everyone else, I, I read the books. I read, you know, Eric von Daniken, Fingerprints of the Gods, and I watched all the TV shows. Um, and then Atlantis kind of faded away. And um, about a year ago, I had listened to all the coast to coast AMs that I that I could. I of course had my my subscription, and I listened to the past shows. But I was kind of out of content, so I was flipping around on YouTube. And there's a channel called Bright Insight uh, with this guy, Jimmy Corsetti. And in 2018, he, he claimed that uh, this place in West Africa called the Rishat Structure, he, he thought it looked a lot like Atlantis. And I was intrigued by it, so I decided to independently verify it, which kind of resulted in the book. Is it a landmass in West Africa, or is it an island? What might it be? Well, it, so it looks like it's a, a volcanic uh, dome. But it, it, is, it looks like Atlantis. So, so when you look at it, um, and it's in a, a country called Mauritania, uh, and it looks like uh, it has the center island, and then it has the rings of alternating rings of land and water. And at, at the time period that we're talking about with Atlantis, which we can get into, uh, it would have been you know a very wet environment. And um, it matches, if you read Plato literally as a primary source, 
uh, it, you know, it matches a lot. Um, well, it matches specifically just about everything he said. Um, now, we have some challenges with Atlantis because, you know, we've all heard everything, which, which is a challenge for us. Atlantis has kind of been beaten to death. So um, it, it's hard sometimes to kind of push all what I call the secondary sources aside. Uh, the secondary sources would be people like you and me who are smart and who have read Plato um, uh, and have, have an opinion about it. But, but Plato is our primary source for Atlantis. So it really, you had to, we had to go back and start there. And that's where the book starts. And why so many people thought Plato was out there in the Atlantic Ocean? Because of the name Atlantis? No, so he, well, um, so there's a line where he says that it was directly outside the uh, Pillars of Heracles, which we know is the Strait of Gibraltar. Um, And we live in a Google Maps world where I think people think, they hear that word, you know, directly, and they want want that to mean straight west. Um, So they try and come up with reasons why maybe there was a large continent that disappeared in the middle of the Atlantic. You know, what, what I wanted to do with this is I wanted to come up with kind of a grand unifying theory of Atlantis um, that, that embraces all of the other places that people have found that have interesting things, because I, I think there's a narrative there that fits. Uh, but I also wanted uh, an answer to it that didn't contradict. You know, so many times when we talk about Atlantis in this space, we say things like, well, the mainstream academics have it wrong, or we have to change this and this mm-hmm. about history. And, and I think that um, uh, th- this location in Mauritania uh, solves for all of that and, and provides an answer that not only matches Plato, like like ninety nine over ninety nine percent, which I, I detail in the book, um, but also unifies all those other places that, that we think it is. Um, and I think there's traces of those places in the dialogues that we can talk about. Are there any remnants, David, of high technology out there? Well, okay, so we got to walk through this a little bit. The, the idea of high technology, let, let's talk about what that means really as we start to build the case for Atlantis actually is and what it actually was. Okay. So we're talking about 9600 BCE, and we can talk about how we get to that date. Um, but that date's really interesting for a lot of reasons. It's, it's um, in the middle of what we call the pre-pottery Neolithic, um, which Neolithic just means New Stone Age. And you had the uh, Mesolithic and the Paleolithic, which is the Middle and Old Stone Age. I, I don't come up with these names. Some, someone else did. But, but this time period is in the middle of what they call the Neolithic Re- Revolution. And what's revolutionary about it is in about 10,000 BCE, so about 400 years before we think um, when Plato tells us Atlantis was destroyed, uh, we see the beginnings of uh, the transformation of hunter-gatherers from, you know, dragging each other around by their hair and eating dino bones uh, to uh, agriculture. And so we start to see um, agriculture all around the Mediterranean. Uh, here, we see that also. And agriculture is the ability to grow things, but also the ability to uh, control water flow. So when we're talking about advanced, I think we're talking about advanced from a 9600 BCE standpoint. Uh, what Plato tells us is that the Atlanteans were good at two things. They, they were good at agriculture, and they were good at organizing themselves, which he really liked. That, that's one of the things Plato did, was try and figure out if the society he lived in had the best form of government, um, or if there were better forms. And, and, you know, he spent a lot of time on that. He didn't spend a lot of time on Atlantis, but whenever he found an example he thought he liked, whether it was a metaphor or whether it was something he thought was, was real, he would use that and then compare and contrast it to what he knew of the world that he lived in. Uh, so when we say advanced, we're talking about um, advanced for, for a Stone Age culture, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the invention and innovation around agriculture. 
So it's not that they had spaceships and computers. You know, I tell people when, when I talk about this, I, I say I'm like the Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> um, you know, you know, we all stare at that Christmas present, right? When we were when we were kids, and and the, the weeks leading up to it, it could have been it could be anything. And then Christmas comes, and we open it, and it's tube socks. Oh, okay, well, we need tube socks. We we got to yeah, or a sweater or something like that. Or or a sweater. Yeah, I live in Florida, but I don't think of sweaters. But yeah, sweaters. You Northerners would. Um, would, would wear a sweater. But yeah, but it's something very practical and, 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 and something that makes sense. And, and that's what we're looking at. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't good at things that have been lost um, because, you know, obviously a lot of information has been lost. But, but my job uh, was to take an engineering approach and, and do this in a very visible, scientific way that other people can look at and kind of just stick to the physical facts and the things we know about history. So So I don't really get into... Um, whether they were death ray crystals or nuclear submarines, Plato doesn't mention those. Oh, but I don't know anything about that. All, all I know is, given the history we have, and, and I decided to treat Plato as history, um, which is the same way that uh, Henrik Schliemann found Troy, by the way. He treated the Iliad as history. When you do that and you look at the geography it, it, with a realistic eye and also um, with the premise that we have to be able to see it and understand it. It can't be that, you know, I have to tell you why this is Atlantis. Anyone should be able to look at it. They should be able to look at uh, the, the confirmations that I've done. They should be able to look at the other documents, and they should be able to reach their own conclusion, whether it supports my conclusion, which, which it will, I think, um, or not. But, but but we have to do this for real. And, and that's when I took this on, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get past this. Um, one hour documentary where the first half hour is, they, you know, we, we see pretty people going on a travel log of nice places talking about Atlantis. And the second half is them speculating on we have to change this or Plato got mm -hmm. this wrong, maybe 900 years. And, and it kind of ends with kind of open speculation. It could be one of these three places. And if anyone will give us more money, we'll go look harder. And so that's not what my book is at all. My book, that's why I call it definitive. And when you go through it all, when you decompose Plato down to literally what he's saying and you make the rule that you can't dismiss any of it and we can't assume he was an idiot and you know, he didn't get something wrong and then you literally apply it, you start to build this overwhelming circumstantial case that we found it. And, and I believe that's been done. I believe that's what the book does. We're talking with David Edward. His book is called Atlantis Solved. How did you come up with or how did the number 9500 B.C. come up? Well, so 9600 BCE, and this is um, uh, kind of, a, I, I'm not the first to do this math, uh, but basically we look at Solon, who uh, was uh, around nine or six, 600 BCE, and he was a, a Greek politician. This was before the Greek classical period, and arguably Solon uh, could be the person that kind of thought democracy might be something that was interesting to try. So as he was, as he was figuring out what it meant to be a politician and all that, he went to Egypt. Um, because Egypt is a storied civilization. It's a good, good place to go to see how they do things. And they went over lots of stuff. One of the things that they went over was their ancient history, which is where he got the story of Atlantis from. And, and it's actually a, um, something I want to dispel you know, when we talk about that. Oh, and, then, and then the Egyptian priest told him that this happened 9,000 years before they're telling him. So you, you take 600 BCE, you add 9,000 years to it, you get 9,600 BCE. Uh -huh. And that's kind of a, it's kind of a magical date. There's lots of things we can go over that, that, that align to that um, that align to that date. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, what happened to Atlantis, David? We've heard all kinds of stories. What do you, what did your investigation show? You know, we have tools today that we didn't even have 10 years ago. Any of us now can be satellite archaeologists, and we can go on Google Earth, and, and we can see images with um, either 30-meter or 10-meter resolution, which is really good uh, resolution. When you look at the uh, JPL pictures, especially when they are to the east, of where this Rishat structure is in Mauritania, you can see the runoff of water, um, massively, massive runoff of water from this location to the sea. Um, also, Mauritania exports hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of salt every year. And when you get deeper into Central Africa, Mali, um, some of those other places, Chad, uh, there's salt everywhere. Well, well, all salt is sodium chloride, and all sodium chloride comes from the sea. So we know that those places were underwater. When you add all that together, you look at the visual evidence, it looks like a tsunami. Now, the source of the tsunami, I don't know. Um, I know lots of things were going on at this time period that we can talk about. Uh, it's been speculated maybe it was a comet impact. Um, you know, maybe it was an a, a earthquake because we're dealing with the Atlantic Ridge, which is very thin and could shift. What we do know is 9600 BCE is the end of the uh, uh the, what they call the Lesser Dryas period, which is basically the end of the last ice age. And, and we have the um, 
and a dryas, by the way, is a, a flowering plant that grows well in higher elevations and cold. So when we go dig stuff up, we can see how many dryases there were, and we get a feel for what the temperature was. And at 9600 BCE, something happens, and the temperature rises 40 or 50 degrees Fahrenheit in about a year. Now, it, it wasn't rising seawater, but, but that's shifting the weight around the, the, um, the Atlantic Ridge, and it, it'd be a very natural for there to be an earthquake. So either an earthquake or a comet impact or something, but, but I don't know. Well, I can see the results of it very clearly, which is it was water. So water from the mm-hmm. sea hit this thing. Now, supposedly, this is, it was an active um, volcano. Uh, so you dump seawater into a volcano, bad things happen. Now, the flood of Noah was about 4,500 B.C., right? Arguably. So I would not think it had anything to do with this, or what do you think? No, we're back. I think 9,600 B.C. is pretty well um, established. Uh, it, it, it's pretty well, pretty well established. Um, and you get into later floods, and you get into all of those things. Uh, Plato doesn't talk about those. So, so I am literally taking Plato as history and working my way out from that. I, I don't try and compare some of the mythology, although we can certainly talk about some of the mythology. Um, and I don't really try and marry it up to things that happened later because Atlantis at that point was gone. Uh, so when it comes from an Atlantis standpoint, it's at 9,600 days. What do you think, David, happened to the people who occupied that region? Well, Plato tells us they all died. Um, now, with that, you know, this is a localized event, and, and what it looks like the people of Atlantis, it, Plato tells us that they had conquered Libya up to Egypt, and they had conquered parts of Europe around the Mediterranean uh, to the north. Um, so we know that we have Atlanteans in Libya, we in Egypt, and in, in, in Europe, which, which aligns to some of those other places that we can talk about that people like. People like Spain, um, they like Santorini, they like stuff like that. Uh, but when I, when I did this, I said, I have to find corroboration. So, so to answer your question, I, I found two corroborating sources, primary sources. And the primary source is, you know, the original, um, the, the origin of the information, not people reading it and, and, and talking about it. And there's this fellow named Herodotus, and he wrote before Plato, about um, about 100 years before Plato, and he died right about the time Plato was born. And Herodotus was really the first um, uh, person in Western society that tried to write down history. And he wrote this thing called The Histories. And the first third of the book is he just kind of did a brain dump, uh, like a travelogue of everything that the Greeks knew about the world and what everything was called and who everybody was. And then the second two thirds is he wrote down what was going on, the, the, the war with the Persians, all that stuff. In that first third... He says, you know, if you go to Egypt and then you go west for 10 days, you run into these people that call themselves the Atlanteans. Then if you go 10 days more, you run into more people that call themselves the Atlanteans. Hmm. That that pattern follows all the way to the Atlas Mountains. And and that name Atlas is important because those are in Morocco. And Atlas was the king of um, uh, Atlantis. So we, we have the name of those mountains, but then, and then Herodotus tells us these people are weird. And he doesn't, he doesn't talk about them a lot. He talks about them in two different paragraphs right on top of each other. He says that they lived on top of salt piles, that uh, they would tell you their name, but they wouldn't let you write it down. They refused to record their history. Uh, they didn't dream, whatever that means. Strange. Uh, and, they were ve- and they were vegetarians. And they spent their days cursing at the sun. Okay. Yeah. But that, but so we have a historical primary source that tells us where the Atlanteans ended up. They ended up 
north up on the Mediterranean coast in, of Libya, which is exactly where you would end up if the city was where uh, this rich structure was, and it was wiped out by some type of flood event. Now, the, the water has obviously receded. Were there any remnants of structure or anything like that left? So um, we found whales. So we have non-fossilized whales from the whale bones from the time period. So, so we know that the ocean made it that far. Um, when it comes to what's physically there, there's a, it's all bedrock at this point. But there's one of the guys I work with. His name is David Hansen, and he he was there last year. And I'm actually funding an expedition. He's going back next month. We found two locations. This is super interesting because we're not going to find buildings. It's not like Egypt. Um, where they built with, you know, massive 300-ton stones. As right, well. exactly. No huge pyramids or anything out there. I think, I think those were built because of this, because people were like, you know, we need to build something that lasts. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Atlantis was nice, but what, what we're looking for is the, what we're going to find is the agriculture. And we have found two spots where Plato tells us that um, they had 60,000 10 stadia by 10 stadia farms. On this giant plane, the plane was 3,000 stadia by 2,000 stadia by 3,000 by, by 2,000. So one question is, what's a stadia? Right? we got to answer that. And this was written during the lifetime of Alexander, so we're using the Alexandrian measure, which is what Plato would have been talking in, which is 607 feet. So a 10 by 10 stadia farm would be about a mile, about 6,000 by 6,000 feet, just a hair over a mile. Um, we find massive canals in, in what I think is proto-terrace farming, about 10 miles to the north, which is where the northern mountain ridge is, north of the Rishat structure. And then we find it again about 20 miles to the south down what would have been the waterway. And, and these are big. These are these are tens of miles across with, with canals that run um, for you know dozens of miles and then head under the sand. Uh, and they're covered by something called an evaporite. Uh, and we're lucky. We're going to get lucky on this, uh, George, because what an evaporite is is I mentioned all this salt. When this, when the water, you know, doesn't all drain off. Some of it just evaporates and it leaves the salt. Right. But then, then it, then it went from what was a green, a green environment. Like I live in Florida, so it was like it was like Florida. It rained a lot. It was fertile and all that, and it turned into the Sahara Desert that we know today. So that salt sits there, and if it's exposed to the sun o- over hundreds of years, it, it it bakes, it cooks, and it becomes like a rock. And we found these fields, um, especially the ones to the north, the one that's 10 miles to the north. All these canals are covered with about a, a foot of evaporites. Wow. So it's going pres- to preserve the earthwork. Um, now, there's a lot of sand over, but there's areas that, that are open. Um, and uh, we're actually, I have, I've had a, a, a geologist work with me, and, and that, that person is also a geochemist. So we're going to collect some of the samples, but they're like, 80% sure, you know, no one, none of these guys will commit to anything until they physically see it. But it looks like salt evaporate. So we're going we're gonna to have the agriculture piece um, that's going to marry up to um, what we're told about Atlantis. And that's going to be the piece that, because everyone wants to see something, just like your question. Everyone wants to see a building or a flag that's or right. something that says Atlantis. And, and we have it. It's, it's going to be the agriculture and the proto-terrace farming that leads us there. And I'll just mention the Atlas Mountains, about 200 miles to the north, is is there's lots of ancient terrace farming. So again, if the Atlanteans were wiped out and pushed up there, you see remnants of their technology, their advancement continue on in the Atlas Mountains. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.